2: Welcome to The Nerdist Podcast number 263. Uh, this is a super fun episode, which uh, took a little bit longer to get up because it's a, kind of a musical episode. Well, not kind of. It is a musical episode. And um, and so we uh, just spent a little more time kind of editing it together and you know, making sure it was mixed and, and, and all that stuff. Um, my pal Sarah Watkins, whom I've adored for years and years and years, huge Nickel Creek fan, we had her on the Craig Ferguson episode in the first year of the podcast. Uh, and she, just she did such an amazing job. Craig ended up having her on the, um, his show, and uh, and it was uh, and our and our fans of the podcast really really seem to enjoy Sarah Watkins. And for those who hadn't heard of her before, like who is this amazing uh, talented songstress? And so this year, Sarah released a new album called "Sun Midnight Sun," which is amazing. Um, you definitely feel the sort of growth from the last album to this one. I think. And, um, and so I said, Hey, let's do sort of like a storytellers episode where we all go into a studio, you know, we'll talk, you play a song, we'll talk some more, you play a song just to try it and see, you know, like, see, see how it goes. And it was amazing. We had, um, I had Paul of Tompkins sit in uh, with us because, uh, he knows the the Watkins really well And wanted to have him on And then uh, we had a small grouping of People there to watch Like Acker and Blacker were there And Chloe was there And a few other people And then Kate Micucci Who then came and sat and talked with us a little bit about uh, You know, music and comedy And just sort of joined the conversation It was, a, it was super, super, super fun And it ended with a uh, with a Kind of a surprise uh, performance That uh, Sarah Watkins had put together With her, her brother Sean uh, So it was a really, really fun way to end the podcast So here we go, the Nerds Podcast is uh, episode number 263 with Sarah Watkins I'd like to thank uh, Amazon.com for sponsoring this episode of the podcast if you go to this podcast page click the Amazon banner and shop as you normally would you will support the Nerdist Podcast oh also by the way um, I think it's appropriate to say that I will be performing in Nashville uh, at Zanies the beginning of December my Comedy Central special airs November 10th so I have to put together new material so I'm going I'm to go back out on the road for a bit and, and assemble a new hour and so I would love for you to be a part of that so um yeah early in december i'll be at zany's in nashville and there's some other dates coming up so so that's that and here it is the Nerdist podcast episode number 263 with the wonderful sarah watkins
4: now entering nerdist.com
2: Recording at uh, Bedrock Studios in Los Angeles. Um, this is a special Sarah Watkins podcast. Um, why do
1: all of our shows start with you saying we are recording?
2: Well, so because I want to let everyone know what's happening,
1: Matt. Okay. Do you know all why? Right. It's for no, future no, no. generations. I just, I just need. I was just curious. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've just. I've been at 200 of these now. <laughs> Eric, my voice is
2: heavily echoed. Is that just in my headphones, or is that? Oh great! Oh no! Is that going to pick up in the in the actual recording of the show? Oh
1: nice! It okay, lying. Great. It great, great, great,
2: great. Uh, so we're here with a room full of people who can all make a little bit of noise if you want to prove Yay. that there's.
1: One, two, 3, <laughs> oh, oh, Sir. <laughs> sir.
2: <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, great. So uh, Sarah's here, and. Chris now has to count everyone in the room before he can speak. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm a little OCD that way. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. I have to do that ten times. Got to be ten every time. And then square that by okay. two.
1: You uh, forgot to count the
2: band. Oh, fucking ruined everything, Matt! Now we am gonna start I over. think I didn't notice. <laughs> uh, great. So, Sarah Watkins, do you want to uh, kick it off with a song, and then and then we'll chat. Sure, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Watkins. <laughs>
4: Valley sunshine Burn out of town Make your head all Funny So we stick around Dusty roads, Make dirty Feet I remember you I remember me I remember The night I remember the sound I remember the light so sweet I remember you I remember me Wish I knew you now Like I knew you then For hours I'd just sit at your feet and listen I could hear you sing And the joy we shared as we tarry there I remember you I remember me I remember the night I remember the sun
1: Sarah Watkins this is the most awkward position to watch someone perform from it almost sitting at a table <laughs> well, with a sitting, microphone yeah
2: let me of... just try to paint the picture here we're sitting at a table like we're judging a fucking reality show <laughs> yep. uh, and I apologize for that but it was the easiest way to sort of like oh we can get you to play and then I invited a bunch of people Paul F. Tompkins is here oh hi Paul M. Tompkins. Oh, not really. Oh, Uh, thanks, some of you. (laughs) God. (laughs) These LA
5: crowds. (laughs) That was horrible.
2: Uh, Paul, let me. Here, I'll, I'll do warm up for you. Come on, guys. You can do better than that. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul F. Javkins is here. Yay! Boo. <laughs> Who's booing? You are. Yeah, I know. You're self destructive. <laughs>
3: self destructive. Right. There's the proof right there.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wanted, Paul, I wanted you to, to be on the show because you've done a lot of the Watkins Family Hour uh, shows at Largo.
3: It's true. We have performed together many, many times. And when, was this going back to the old Largo as well? This goes back to the old Largo. Oh, yes. Uh, I've been on their show. They've been
2: on my show. Now you're both on my show. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty weird will the way Will circle works, so. be unbroken? I don't know. Matt, have you been on either of their shows? No. Oh, this is awkward. <sighs> Take a powder. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Take a powder. Uh, but, Sarah, we had you on...
0: Take a Take a powder.
2: Yeah, like take, like like take. It's like an old thirties thing. Like yeah, take a powder. Thirties like, <laughs> specifically. The thirties was when it's yeah. the thing Lovely. you say like in a your powder 30s. break i uh, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I meant 1730s. Take thy powder. Yeah, because everybody had those wigs. No one said yeah. thy in the 1730s.
3: Sure, some of them did. <laughs> nope, they didn't. Yeah, some some they did. did. So there were some holdouts. Yeah, they were really <laughs> Just hanging on to that. Perfectly good word. <laughs> I may do as I please.
2: <laughs> I don't know why I must throw it away. <laughs> Uh, you did one of our first live shows at Largo when we had the Craig Ferguson episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Was that
6: one of your first ones? That
2: was our second live show. And we had you as a musical guest and you blew everyone away. And people who listened were like, holy fuck, Sarah Watkins. And um, and so now you got a new album. And so I want you to come on and uh, hang out.
6: I really appreciate that. No, I, I still people will tweet me and... And they'll tweet you as well on the same tweet and say, wow, I heard you on The Nerdist and it's so great. And it's, I had a lot of people.
2: Who would have thought a podcast?
6: I know, right?
1: Uh, I thought it was really nice. You're welcome. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> I
6: hadn't gotten God. around to <laughs> finishing that, but
5: cool.
2: <laughs> so uh, you sent me the album maybe a month ago and uh, yeah. and it was, it was amazing. And we had talked about. You know, you said, oh, I kind of want to write this bio, but I want it to be I want my bio to be weird and funny. And, you know, do you want to you want to take a crack at writing this bio? And here's the album. And uh, and the album was it was so different from from the is that Oh, they'll clip that out.
6: <laughs> no, fine.
2: The studio's haunted.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? Uh, Musical Ghost
3: Hunters? Musical ghost hunters, I don't know why more people aren't watching it. <laughs> yeah. Because my problem with regular ghost hunters uh-huh. is I wish there was music. I mean, how did they would
2: hunt the ghosts with they would trap the ghosts with music. Yeah. Because ghosts can't resist it. They can't. And that's how they and the instruments would also be like uh containment systems. That's right.
3: Ghosts love to dance.
2: <laughs> that's all they and want. They waltz. Yeah. That's, that's right. A lot of waltz. A lot if, of you're, waltzing. if you've been in the haunted mansion at yeah. Disneyland, you know that they love to waltz. Yeah. It's like, would thy dance with me? <laughs> You've been using that for <laughs> centuries. Just die already. Follow the light.
1: There's room for one more. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did do but your new album, uh, "Sun Midnight Sun," is so different than the Sarah Watkins the first album. Yeah, so it is. So what? What? And when we had lunch to sort of talk about about your album, you. Talked about, you know, like, yeah, I turned 30 and then I was like, I just felt more comfortable with my... And so you kind of took this whole different direction.
6: Yeah. The last couple of years, I have I feel like more like a normal person where I'm just... I'm still guessing at a lot of things, but I don't know. I just feel a lot more comfortable singing and touring and just doing everything and just uh, living life, I guess. And it feels... It's really nice. It's really comfortable i feel like i don't I mean, know sometimes i still have anxiety attacks but
2: oh aren't those the best awesome you know like when so someone's fun. just standing on your chest there's just a there's just a ghost standing on your chest waltzing
1: yeah <laughs> a ghost in this yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> what i
2: well i was trying to bring it back to ghosts uh but you feel a lot more comfortable now like yeah you feel like and, a lot and
6: I, I wanted to do something different and so i uh raped wrote
2: <laughs> what did you rape i, I rigged an election oh my <laughs> god is that how
3: now
6: my friend blake mills <laughs>
2: <laughs> it
5: must feel this so
6: good happens. to say it out loud you know it's kind of like a, a ghost is lift off my chest or something a rape ghost is yeah. gone yeah
2: and you feel a lot better now
6: um yeah so so that happened in <laughs> December
1: oh, is he okay <laughs> maybe you read about it in the papers
6: I, he's probably fine it's like I don't know. We don't don't really talk
1: anymore. That ghost blows Dan (laughs) Aykroyd.
6: Our friendship kind of changed after that. (laughs) I would
2: imagine about that. (laughs) Well, but I want to say your husband Todd has been amazing about it. (laughs) So so understanding, uh, forgiving, and like I get it. He's a modern guy. (laughs) 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 He
3: really is. He's had it in the air before, right? Let's say things we remember. That's always <laughs> <laughs> uh.
6: Yeah, so that yeah, so I, I roped in my friend Blake Mills to produce it. And um rope doesn't really help the whole
2: at <laughs> <right laughs> it all. It's fine. It's fine. But
6: anyway, we we made it and uh it was it was really fun. We did it here in LA in uh Tony Berg's garage, really nice studio. And uh it was great. Sean and and Blake and I have brother Sean who's playing guitar um here. He, hey, um, Sean, Hey, we did all the recording together and it was it was super fun.
2: So, I, I mean, I know I know a lot of people who already are familiar with your work probably know this, but but just sort of give us a history of like, you pretty much been playing music your entire life.
6: Yeah, I grew up playing uh, when I was six. I started playing f- taking fiddle lessons uh, when I was four. Actually, my parents, um, Sean was taking piano lessons and his our teacher, his teacher, Said you should go to this pizza parlor. My son plays in a bluegrass band, so I was, I was two, and we we kind of grew up with this bluegrass, with these bluegrass fan group in San Diego. It's very small, but it felt gigantic, and uh, so we got to know the band. And when I was four, um he I requested a song, "Long Black Veil." <laughs> Do you know it? No, it's, it's a I murder did. ballad. It's very good. Dave Matthews ghosts. covered it.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, <so> that's <laughs> how he knows it.
6: He <laughs> probably Johnny Cash. Never forget it. Uh. So anyway, I. He, Start, they got me on stage when I was young and Sean was playing mandolin and guitar and our friend Chris Thiele and then we eventually started a band when uh, Chris and I were eight and Sean was 12 on um, this just sort of fluke, played a Bluegrass Festival thing and a band contest and then we just stayed together for 18 and a half years. Oh, wow. And then uh, that brought us to 2007 and uh, we basically had grown up together playing music. And then I, um, I'd meant to put out a solo record for a long time, but just hadn't really had the focus. I didn't know what I wanted to play, really, or what I wanted to do. And um, and around like the time we decided to, to put the band on the shelf, I thought, well, I should probably figure this out. And <laughs> <laughs> and then I put out the self titled record, which was pretty um, comfortable. The material was really comfortable and really fun to play. But uh, this record has been. Even more fun because there's a little bit, it was, I don't know, I felt like I got a little kick in the pants a little bit to, uh, to do something different. And, and uh, so that's why collaborating with, with especially Blake, who I didn't know very well at the time, um, relatively, uh, was really exciting because we were just kind of figured out what the other was bringing to the table while we were recording. And it was it was really fun.
2: Is it more important do you think to just want to play music and record music, or do you feel like you have to have something to say if you're gonna when you're making an album?
6: It makes it more fun because uh, it 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 lasts longer. Like you, for, for me, at least when I when I'm playing songs that I've written, even if I'm not in that same place for the years after while I'm performing it. At least it came from something specific at a time, and I can remember that and identify with it and just acknowledge that it was a part of, a part of me. And even with covers, if you identify with them strongly, they will last longer, and, and uh, it, makes it, it makes it more fun to, to play them after, night after night rather than just, here's another song that somebody wrote that I don't really care about that I'm going to play again. You where, know, where did
2: Nickel Creek come in?
6: Um... Well, that was, Nickel Creek was the 18
2: That was 18 the 18 and a, year half, year years. And and a half band. Okay.
6: Yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah, sorry. Oh, but okay. yeah, so that was Nickel Creek. And then, and we, um, we did a lot of touring and a lot of, a lot of, uh, yeah, we just grew up together
2: Do you right. even until I was even, 27. Oh, you have to be careful about touching the, it'll pick I'm up sorry. on, that. oh, that's okay. This table, the <laughs> table will be sensitive Michael pick it up. I have one of those
3: uh, records from when you guys were kids. It's like Little Cowpoke or something like that.
6: Oh, (laughs) goodness. Why do you have that one? I was thinking about any of the other It was
3: after I I met you guys and got into your music, and then I was just looking for stuff online, and I saw this.
6: (laughs) The cover looked appealing?
3: I could not, because I knew. I knew. The lariat font? This has to be from when they were kids. There's like a cartoon cow, and then. (laughs) Oh, I can get behind that. I it's uh, and it's it's adorable because they're the cle- listen to it. They're clearly children, <laughs> but the but the but the the playing is still like unbelievable, you know. And I there was actually there was a, a trio that I saw on, on Letterman like last year, the year before, of three young kids. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah, and I thought of you guys. And but these guys, those kids were even older than you guys were. I think.
6: I don't know. I mean, yeah, they they're pretty impressive and pretty. I don't know how old they're, but. <laughs> Poor Sean uh, was 16 when we made that little cowpoke record, <laughs> <laughs> and we drove. <laughs> hey, little cowpoke!
5: <laughs> <shaking his> <laughs>
6: <laughs> we were. Um, I was 12, and uh, it was it was kind of a lesson in a commitment. Well, we had we thought it was going to be uh, it's that so commitment we all get. When I'm we're trying 12. to make yeah. this sound better with every <laughs> sure fragment sentence, and it's just not starting. Uh, Basically, we went through a cowboy phase, a cowboy music phase. We went to the Western Music Association in Old Tucson. Um, The
2: WMA in OT? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The William Morris Agency has an office in Tucson. (laughs) That's right. That's weird. In the OT.
6: They made a bunch of old Westerns there and everything. And there's, you know, yodeling contests and things. And so anyway, uh, we did that for a little bit. And so to cap it off, we decided to make this children's Western music record CD. And... uh, and then, like, halfway through the year-long process of weekends driving up to Los Angeles, uh, we decided this is not at all what we wanted to do at <laughs> all. And, and uh, But it was our parents being we like, no, you said you were going to do it. You're going to do it. So we had to do it. But it was, poor Sean was 16 and like had to leave I don't want to be a little cow. School. I just want to be a cowpoke. <laughs> He's, like, living this double life.
2: Like Hannah Montana? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except for, like... <laughs> Not, the, the secret life was unbelievably uncool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you look a lot like Little Cowpoke, but nope. I guess that's not you. <laughs> not me. They're bolo ties. <laughs> is it, um uh is, is, what, what does it feel like to sort of make the transition from, you know, when you're playing as a member of a group and then it's like, oh, it's just me now.
6: Yeah, it was, you know what? Um. The Watkins Family Hour, which you mentioned, is this is this show that Sean and I have done at Largo for nine and a half years now.
2: A podcast coming to the which, Nerdist Network.
6: Yeah, we've recently be started podcasting. It's
1: nothing you won't Just put on. Scoop, the shut the fuck up, Matt. <laughs> you're gonna have all the podcasts.
2: Pretty soon. yeah, I'm gonna have all the. Po- I'm gonna be iTunes. What is wrong with that? I aim high, Matt. It's
1: fine. I aim high. Good. good. Thanks for putting <laughs> out
2: feed. By the way, oh good, you're welcome. <laughs> That's Matt's podcast. Yeah, I guess I do. way to plug that in. Yeah so uh (laughs) I don't have you oh
6: no so family yeah family hour was really helpful in that transition from the band because Sean and I would do it uh the we would do this monthly show whenever we were off the road and it was sort of this place just to try out songs that we wanted to play for fun and it was low pressure gig um from a very focused Nickel Creek um we would just kind of play songs that we liked and uh and it was really really fun and over the years, I became a lot more comfortable in just different settings and singing different songs. And that was really helpful, really, really helpful in in figuring out what I would want to do on a solo record and how I want to behave on stage when it's a different setting. And when, because um, everything that I did was, was standing on stage right with uh, Sean and Chris next to me. <laughs> and it was always just like this, the momentum of the band was, it was hard to. Uh, I didn't recognize it at the time necessarily but when it was gone I was like oh wow where's, where's all that momentum that <laughs> my friends aren't here uh, but Sean comes out with me a lot on the road which is more than more helpful than I could say and, and Tyler Chester who's playing bass is, has been out and um, it's pretty I'm not really alone I have a, I have a good team of people oh, that's I'm not really alone
2: <laughs> no 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 no. No, don't, don't, no anxiety you're fine you're fine look you're surrounded by friends um, and of course ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> always. Always ghosts. They're waltzing around us. Well, ghosts right. waltz around us
1: is my new book. Um, <laughs> Joining us today, author of Ghosts Waltzing Around Us, Christopher Hardwick. It is true. I become Why your... do you have that
2: accent? <laughs> uh, because I, it's, uh, I have to talk like this to Simon the ghosts. Well,
1: when you were writing your book, did you write it in the accent?
2: Yes. Uh, they, ghosts love the television show Perfect Strangers. grant's <laughs> <Your answer's laughs> changing right now. <laughs> <laughs> As you've thought of that reference, <laughs> <laughs> but uh when I listen to this to, to the second album, uh, "Sun Midnight Sun," it just—I don't know—it like you really you kind of grab the listener and just fucking shake them. Like you just—it you, really grabs you in a, in a really big Thanks. way. And it, it's it's super. It's a it's a pretty bold sounding album. Like right off the bat, sweet. Um, That's great. Is there? Do, would you play another song?
6: Yes. 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 We will. Okay. Uh, let's figure out what that will be. <clears throat> okay. And I will, I will head over to the station.
2: While you're doing that, I will talk about The Ghosts That Waltz Among Us. It's a, it's a a a a 3-3 a three, three time. Uh, no, it's the three, first three time novel? 3-3 three, three time, in the time signature. And for it's the, the first
3: uh, book to be written in a phonetic accent. Is that correct? It's
2: in a phonetic accent. The letters are invisible to the living. People are very mad about this book. There's been, you know, it's it's a bold choice when, you're, when your goal is to stall while people are setting up instruments. Why is the
3: book $75? That seems steep. Is the audiobook... Maybe to
2: you, but to the undead, what are they going to do with money?
3: Uh, Good point. Interview concluded.
2: <laughs> Their currency is ectoplasm. We're
5: Thank you for joining us, Christopher song. Hardwick. Um, uh, the the author, currency uh, here. There are Waltz three cover songs.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Everything is. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what are you going to play?
6: Probably a Dan
3: Wilson song. Oh, he's friends with uh, with your buddy uh, um, uh, Dave uh, Matthews.
1: Oh my God! Right? Aren't they pals? I don't know. Are they? I don't know everything this about him. I, like they should be. I know a lot of things about him, but not. You know, hmm, was born I was Johannesburg. His dad died when he was ten. He <laughs> moved to Virginia. Uh, forget it. That's another podcast. <laughs> What's, uh, what song are you going to play? What's it called? This is called one of the capo. All right.
6: This is, um,
2: with wow.
1: this is one that
6: um, kind of under, underwent quite a change. I, Sean showed me this song when he was uh, playing on a demo with, of Dan Wilson's, and he, he brought it home and, uh, or back to my place, and um, we kind of stole it. But Dan Dan came by the studio and, and said it was okay after afterwards, which was nice. <laughs> well I guess
2: it's fine now.
5: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs>
4: When it pleases you You want me When it's easy to do You hold me When you don't want anybody else to You love me When it pleases you My voice whisper in your voicemail's ear. I think of you at the strangest times. You got me in the back of your mind. Can
2: To clap at the wrong time where you clap and then they're not done. Oh, like, oh, that man. has happened
3: to me before. Oh that shit. <laughs> at the
5: <laughs> at the old
3: largo one time Ricky Lee Jones was uh she uh did like an impromptu set at one of John Bryan shows she's playing the song on the piano and it's like a very quiet song and then the end of the song she hits a note on the piano and like it rings out and like I thought it was over, but it wasn't (laughs) over yet. And so I started clapping and people.
6: Just to get that first clap in. Not to get the first. Come on. Come on. You're so
3: bad guy. Come on. Look, it's true. I love to win. I like to. Here's the thing if you get in first with your claps, everyone in the audience knows who is the alpha male.
2: You're an alpha clapper.
3: I'm an alpha clapper. That's what they
2: tell you if you take any of those airport uh, Marriott seminars That's on, right. on how, to, how to win things. That's right. They're like, yeah, roll, we've all seen those. Look, we've all roll seen one, those. clap
1: first. Well done. You're listening. <laughs>
3: we've all seen those posters in the lobby of the airport Marriott. How to, how to win things. Oh, what is that all about? <laughs> I'm going to check it out one of these days. It's a
1: appearance by the author of Walsing with Ghosts, Christopher <laughs> <laughs> Guys,
2: I'm not here to talk to ghosts in a European accent today. Uh... Sarah, what's so much fun about watching you perform is that since most people aren't well, most people no one else is watching this with their eyes, they're listening to it there is. You're you're playing percussion at the same time and yeah, well, there's a few people here. They don't count. Um, they are. It's too late for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're playing percussion, but you're also you have the fiddle as well, yeah. and it's a crazy balancing act between like.
6: Well, it's not supposed to be crazy. It's supposed to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is nuts.
3: <laughs> but
6: it, it's like it was a little crazy just now. Because
2: but... I want, I love why, like you set the violin down, but you have to set it down so you can get back up and sing, and then grab the sticks I just and didn't bring
6: the right stand, and so yeah, and then I I kept bonking the. the, the drum with my bow arm can i
2: make a suggestion yes please
6: paul what would you do
2: you need those one man band knee symbols (laughs) yep (laughs) haven't you ever seen arthur nakane the one man band (gasps) (laughs) i'm the elderly asian gentleman who plays in the santa monica uh on (laughs) third street promenade i've not seen he's seen i've seen one
3: man bands of course
2: yeah
6: (laughs) wait what's his name
2: arthur nakane the one man band the ghost of the santa
3: monica one man band
2: it's the ghost. You know he's not alive, right? <laughs> oh,
3: what? Yeah. So you guys aren't seeing him too? No, he died many years ago on a night just like
2: this. <laughs> oh my God, I better write this down for do my next to, book. Do
6: ghosts have to play ghost instruments or do they
2: play ghost instruments? No, they can well, manipulate realists, But the instruments yeah. have to die near them at the <laughs> <Yeah>. same time. <laughs> so, so while
3: they're, they're dying, someone has to smash a violin. Yep. Violin <laughs> so they
2: get a ghost so
1: violin. Is kind
6: of special code that only they can play though? Because what about all the instruments that die... That- died near other ghosts. Can well, they- you can
1: get those in Ghost Guitar Center. <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're having a ghostly sale this <laughs> like week. Ghostly President's Day sale. <laughs> or, the, or the actual presidents
2: will come in. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel like, you know, what do you feel like it is that you're saying uh, in this album specifically? What do you want people to get out of it besides just, hey, that's really nice music to listen to?
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. They just turned on... <laughs> They just turned on the tiniest disco ball <laughs> that you've ever seen. I or is it really no, far away? <laughs> My apologies. My
2: apologies if that is in the sky. That is kind of odd. Now, <laughs> there is way the ceilings are very high. There is was I, it all this talk of ghosts? I think
3: someone scale a wall. Let me. Let me, let me let let
2: I take, take a photo. Me. I think what could only be described as the Billy Barty of disco balls. Oh. <laughs>
3: Matt, with you for scale. Oh yes.
2: Oh, I throw all scale off. <laughs> that is a tiny disco ball and now there is a I'm holding it. The disco ball is spinning and there are colored there's a colored light show happening.
6: I'm hypnotized.
2: Yeah. Uh, almost for no I for no real distracting. for no real reason that I can, Just that don't I can look think at it. of. But what do you want <laughs> people to
1: think when they listen to your album?
2: Do you want them to think uh, spinning disco ball? Please. <laughs> Just a little one. <laughs> what is it that what is
6: it you know i just uh i i I hope that it sounds um i hope that it sounds fun and i hope that it that there's a little bit of grit to it uh and i hope that uh you know i hope that the the lyrics are um seem like it sounds convincing like i meant it because i did and i and i and i uh i had a lot of I had a really good time making it and and not only just a good time, like it was kind of uncomfortable at certain times because it was it it was it's it a little different for me but um but it was also really exciting because of that, you know, I didn't want it to sound the same, so I had to do things that weren't in my normal patterns, you know what I mean, and sometimes that I guess that makes it a little bit more satisfying to listen to for me and I hope that it makes it more exciting for other people to listen to.
2: So, what are you in the? Are you in the like the radio yeah. game, or, or is there any sort of? Uh,
6: I don't think d- they let me play that game. I don't think that I'm invited at that table. Uh, mostly, it's just uh, I think just shows and people talking about stuff. There is a little bit. There's some AAA stations which play um, more folky artists or, or thing or bands that maybe used to be popular or um, are. Less uh, top forty sounding. And, what is and I'm, those?
3: I'm sorry. What is a A station? A
6: station. Um, I don't know that there is one in Los Angeles, but NPR stations would be the closest thing to a AAA station, A station. KCRW, um, and uh, they're they're across the country, and they just have a they have a, a really broad listenership. It's it's um, but but much smaller than mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people, like Nickel Creek, actually uh, had a Instrumental hit on a radio, <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> it was only instrumental. But like instrumentals can conceivably uh, be played on the radio on AAA stations. Like classic college gas. stations sometimes are a like mm. just alternative things that aren't
2: too scary. Do, do a lot of? Do you think a lot of? I, I'm I love bluegrass music. I lo, love bluegrass. I love the shit out of it. But I but I also see and you play it a little. A little. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm a little bit. A little you, bit. You, you. It's I I wanna I wanna play more of it. It's just it's just a fun it's just a fun genre of music. But I also feel like the term bluegrass is very it's pretty loose now because Mm -hmm. it just bleeds it really is it's a standalone genre, but it also I feel like can find its way into other genres like like flavors of it.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And and a lot of people there are there are some people who are real sticklers for the bluegrass rules. And we grew up, like in Southern California, bluegrass is not nearly as strict as it is in other parts of the country. Sure. Because it's just further away from the source, which is Kentucky, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but, you know, a lot of people add banjo to their band, and a listener might say, oh, they sound kind of bluegrassy because they hear a banjo or a mandolin or something. And and they might. The band might sound bluegrassy, but there are other people who, you know, if you stick in two extra chords into the form, or change it up a little bit, it's not included in bluegrass. Wow. It's not.
3: And of course, ape shall not kill ape is one of the, <laughs> one of the biggest bluegrass rules. Yep. Right?
6: I think it's in some parts of the country. Yes?
3: <laughs> is that right? Yeah, is That's exactly right. right. I'll have to check. Yeah. <laughs> check the book on that one. In the more ape populated parts yes. of the country. Yeah. San Francisco. I don't, <laughs> play, uh, I, don't lar- I don't want to alarm you guys. We have evolved to
2: play. I don't want to alarm um, you guys. This is actually planet Earth. Were you the, not this whole time? No. The entire time it's been planet what? Earth. Yeah. Yep. Wait
6: the whole time since the podcast began or
2: just forever. Like you came to this planet thinking that it was another thing. You sons of bitches. But it was actually planet Earth the entire time. Well, there you go. Caesar is home. <laughs> um your second song on the album was, was is pretty is a pretty remarkable song too um, the, is it the one I want or you're the one I want
6: Oh that's the third song you're the, the third one song. I yeah you're the one I love it's a Emily one Brothers love. song
2: The one I, I want. want that's fucking Greece <laughs> You know how when you were in Greece That's true <laughs> Yeah <laughs> when you played Sandy Uh-huh <laughs> um, that that song is I, that song surprised me <laughs> in a good way Good and I think I heard a Fiona Apple in the background You of certainly that song? did.
6: Yeah, not in the background. In the foreground. She and I are singing, uh, at least I hope she's in the foreground.
2: <laughs> He's got bad <laughs> yeah, speakers. the bad. <laughs> oh, music, what do you mean, speakers <laughs> plural? It's a, it's a straight up I just have one speaker.
6: <laughs> no, we don't.
2: Yeah, you don't, you don't need two. What? Oh, my God. I better go back and re-listen to every I old have, Beatles It makes a though. difference.
6: I have this fantasy. I haven't talked to Fiona about this yet, but... Um, I have this fantasy of making a video for that song where we're both riding horses really fast chasing each other. <laughs> you haven't heard the song yet, never. Paul.
3: I no, but I've I know Fiona Apple, that's never going to happen.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about texting her and asking if she if she rides horses and
2: uh, I'm sure she does. I mean, start sure she does. Start with do you like horses? And she's gonna say yes and be like I,
6: could, I can't figure any other way I've thought about different ways of doing this but I, I think we have to actually ride our each our own our own horse
1: I don't see why she wouldn't do could it would you settle for a mechanical horse in front of a rolling background no okay
5: I'm
6: just checking
1: I'm would, just would you get s- cost effective here mm.
6: <laughs> so um, anyway that's that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's my goal for
2: that. <laughs> is to get Fiona Apple to ride a horse with you in a video Kick no starter. no but like,
6: like I'm chasing her or she's chasing me but yes
2: a horse chase yeah you guys could chase each other because they're uh, you know
6: we you could go we could be in a circle at equidistance <laughs> and you don't know who's chasing who
2: oh wait a minute Maybe. I should not have gotten high before that
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> thought it would be cool right I thought it would be so cool you didn't, you didn't think there would be any weird existential horse conversations or happening disco ball I'm just
3: glad I got or that <laughs> note in my pocket with my name and address or ghost books <laughs> or dead
2: instruments being played That's right
3: yeah, it's really funny when you pile it up like that. <laughs> I'm having a really
2: hard time. <laughs> what other songs do you, uh, do, you, do you guys... I want you to be able to play a bunch of songs All right, all right, tonight. all
6: right. So we'll do, uh, we'll do another one then. Um, we will do... of uh, Shoot, we can do lock and key. Mm. Want to do that one? Oh. This, is a, um, this is a song that I, I, I co-wrote with my friend Jenny Ann, I couldn't finish it lyrically. I was just sort of stuck on it, and um, and she helped me on via email, and uh, and then a bunch of other friends helped me with the music and stuff. But um, this is, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. So anyway. All right. It's called "Locking." There she goes. Come to that mic. Oh, please don't fall. Please don't fall. I'm moving the drum. <laughs> <laughs> That's a drum move. All right. Strike it.
3: Strike the drum. Drumming drum move.
6: Struck. The most bluegrassy thing about this, um, the art our live show this year will be all the tuning that we do. It's a very, it's a, <laughs> that's a big bl- tradition in bluegrass.
2: There's a lot of a lot of tuning it's of instruments. Of tuning. Is it because you're down like down tuning to different?
6: No, we're just trying to stay in tune. Because you're trying to maintain.
1: So
6: hard. Huh? I don't know. It yeah, just I mean. is. I don't know.
1: Because when you're jamming, no, your instruments come out of tune, right? Oh no, yeah. When you play bluegrass, you're you're pretty aggressively. Hitting the strings and that will knock yeah, it out play of tune. It you pull yeah, it very hard. Yeah, that's why you're tuning.
6: We're trying out. to, trying oh, to make an impact, and we don't have amps or anything, so we just have to.
1: I'm always like abuse weirdly surprised when you pick up the fiddle how fucking loud it is. It's pretty loud. It's kind of awesome. It's, it's sorry, loud. Grandma. No, no. <laughs> I said it was kind of awesome. <laughs> I know, but I still These wanted to say sorry, Grandma. their goddamn fiddles.
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs> All right.
5: A little faster. Burn. <laughs> Burn.
4: In the long light of early July, in summer heat, he asked me to be his wife. He said, take my hand, and for the rest of my life, I'll be at your side. It's you and me in the by and by. He said, long have you been a budding in bloom? With sun-kissed blush and ivory crew. So let the wind whip the green grass into dunes my love for you runs through and through forever cannot come too soon back around I used to lift him up not tie him down I'm lost but once was found
2: First that time, Paul. I clapped first that time. You did it! I You're really the alpha male.
3: I, I submit it. to you.
1: Yep. <laughs> I submit to you in your ways.
3: Uh, for the listener, there was a great uh visual burn just now when Sarah played a little <laughs> a little tiny lick on the fiddle and then looked over at Matt and mouthed the words too loud.
1: It's not <laughs> I liked how loud it was. You misunderstood.
2: Enjoyed it.
3: I'm on record as being scared of violins. Yeah, well.
2: I love how uh, the the bow is almost like an extension of your arm because I'm watching you maneuver it around the microphone without even looking and without. I just feel like anyone else would be like clang 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 clang.
6: <laughs> That's kind of a bluegrass thing. Bluegrassers, uh, fiddle players, as opposed to classical classical people, mic their instruments really high up. I think, and it's, a t- it's partially a tone thing and partially because they move around a lot. But bluegrassers. Um, we're always trying to be louder, and so we we kind of learned to play uh, with the mics almost touching the uh, the instruments.
3: Having been on stage with you so many times, I, at, it always crosses my mind at some point: Is this the time that I'm going to get stabbed in the face with the bow? Ever, I it's haven't stabbed never, you. Never ever happened. I stabbed, I haven't Gabe, stabbed you yet? Gabe, no.
6: <laughs> Gabe Witcher at Largo at the old Largo once got a gnarly oh. bow. I don't. You might have been there, but it was. A solid hit in the eye. <laughs> I
3: would have remembered that. It <laughs> was a bow. Wow. Eye. It
6: was. It was. Yeah, because that stage was so small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, and there would be like twelve people up there <laughs> yes, sometimes. Yes. And two fiddlers. And that takes up like half the stage right there because of the bow. And uh, yeah, he, he. Do you got, remember
2: what song it was?
6: I don't remember. It was no, I don't remember it. I don't even remember whose night it was because it was cause a it Tennessee
2: bow. eye. <laughs> it was all about a guy who takes a bow in the eye. I'd ne- yeah, I never had Tennessee. the guts to actually act,
6: it. mime it out, but I, that <laughs> night. But that time, <laughs> you like, you know
2: what? The, the audience deserves a show. No. Everyone was in the spirit.
6: <laughs> <laughs> At least I was. That's really all that matters, I guess, on that one.
2: Oh, you know who I would love to bring up now? I want to bring Kate Mccucci over. Uh, would, you, would you just come sit down and chat with us for a minute? Kate, come on. Kate McCoochie. Kate. Uh, the half uh, of Garfunkel Oats. Right? Would you say oh, you're the half?
0: Oh, I am, I am the half. yes. Sarah, the, the records and the music is great. Thanks, Kate. I love it. Thanks.
2: Well, I want to, because I, I feel like you guys are on, on, on similar paths where you're, you're creating stuff that you love and you care about and, and you're not really relying on traditional distribution models to, to, get, the, to get it out. So how's it, how's it been for you guys as well?
0: For, for us i mean we just we we do it all on our own i mean i i mean i guess yeah kate's
6: much more into that than like she knows much more about that than i do i still try at least to get people to
0: to get it the conventional way but you guys just sort of made it happen on your own i guess for us we don't really want to have to um answer to anybody yeah. i don't know but i mean but you didn't you this- actually like record a record though without anybody Really knowing, I mean, like we just kind of did managers it. didn't yeah. know. No, we just you did it <laughs> With like it was a secret.
2: Do you think they would have talked
0: you out of it or something? No, we just were like we we're like we're just gonna are just gonna keep recording songs and see what happens. And we didn't really tell anybody we were doing it. And then it was like, hey, we made a record.
1: You what what what?
0: Yeah, which was kind of exciting. It was like it was like our little secret project that we were doing. Just
1: yeah. like you know, uh,
3: Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Exactly. That movie, they Steven didn't. Spielberg made that movie it was a surprise. Hey, Steven, where you been Universal. the last eighteen months? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe you'd like to accompany me into the screening room. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's weird, but I'll allow it. I'm a judge too. I'm a judge too.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just got my papers in the mail. <laughs> this is kind of a big day for me.
6: Robe still on its way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can't That's build. why I am in my bathrobe from home. <laughs> I'm just practicing. Just got to get a robe sense. Got to get robe sense. <laughs> um do you so you are, are you guys touring a lot right now?
0: Uh Garfunkel and yeah. Uh we just kind of finished a crazy, you know, traveling a lot, but Ricky's actually doing a movie right now and uh, so we're taking a little time off and then we'll get back to it, but yeah. Noah, uh, I think what is the next thing we're doing? bonnaroo
2: Oh wow. Oh, that little awesome. thing? Yes. <laughs> are you doing a lot of festivals? Yes. Sarah, are
6: I you doing uh, i'm doing some i'm not doing Bonnaroo. um i was i was i was trying to for a while and then i d- decided to to try to try something else instead that weekend. <laughs> 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 um but uh is great i've been there several times pr- have you done it paul
2: uh no oh. me neither not not not? i haven't <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: is the festival circuit i mean it's is it, it, is do you like the festival circuit as a good way to like
6: yeah, it's great i mean the right festivals are, are really fun and the the best thing about festivals is um besides if you get a if you get the right time slot and a great crowd, it can be it can feel really really great and uh but the best part is running into people that you know and um like I ran into you, Paul at sasquatch. <laughs>
3: That's true, and that weird and, uh, oh, outside yeah. lands. Outside lands
6: in oh, San Francisco. That was
3: quite a time. That
6: was a time. <laughs> what was that? I
3: did. I did a set uh, at Outside Lands. Uh, that was. It was literally under a circus tent, um, and I was competing with the Black Keys and I think another band <laughs> whose music you could just hear just loud enough to make the whole thing uh, completely pointless. And it was it was just terrible. It was well, like, now you being a very loud comedian. <laughs> well, you know I love to scream and yell. Yeah. I yep. smash a lot of stuff on stage. Yep. I always
1: refer to Paul as the fiddle of comedians. <laughs>
3: that's what the F stands for. <laughs>
5: that's Paul that's Fiddle right. Tompkins. <laughs> that's right.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. But it, but like I don't it's one of those weird things where it was simultaneously. You did great, I mean. Yeah, I did great. Come on. It was simultaneously, Come on. Oh, people are still talking about it. Uh, it was simultaneously great and horrible to have people I knew witness this thing. Because usually like bad gigs like that, you're all by yourself, nobody's around. And it's like okay i'm the only person that knows that happened so good <laughs>
6: the, the, the horrible the worst part about that setup besides the fact that it was a tent in front of a really loud stage was that most of the audience was up these bleachers in the back and so and people who just wanted to come in and sit in the shade for like 10 minutes the yeah. only like they had to walk in this big tent and go up the bleachers sit down for as long as they were, as they wanted to, as they were just as long as they resting. could stand it, and then but like it was, it's it was sort of like it was set up on the grounds as like a oh, here come in here and check this out for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, see this comedian that yeah. you might not know. And it, the way that the tent was set up was just not practical for that, yeah. at all. So well, it just looked like everyone was leaving all the time, yeah, <laughs> it, was horrible. it was
3: people were like coming and going, it really was like people were there to either get on board or disembark from some mode of transportation, and there wasn't one. <laughs> like, they kept going into this terminal, like, where is, is this, no? Okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> so it was just constant, like like an anthill. People like an were hill. moving around all the it time. horrible. And it's like, the problem is that with a lot of these, a lot of festivals like that, that that have done music for a long time and then they add comedy is that they think, oh, it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're on a stage and there's a sound system. But it really, you can't, It it's like how is it for a musician? I talked about this with Rhett Miller a little bit, Mm -hmm. to to be playing songs and seeing people come and go in situations like that because you can kind of at least you can you can retreat into your own music,
6: kind of yeah. I mean you can. Yeah, you can close your eyes and keep playing the song, and then just <laughs> right. try not to count how many people there are after. <laughs> when you open your eyes,
3: but it's it's similarly disheartening to yeah, see people leaving. And
6: it, I don't think it could ever feel that good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, sympath- I sympathize with uh, with the tent scenario with the comedy. Just growing up in a quiet bluegrass band for acoustics, you know, you don't. You're just relying on these microphones, and if you have three or four instruments, you're not that loud, and you're probably kind of playing quietly, and and. And so
3: consequently, the audience is quieter because they're, they need to, in order to ideally, be able to hear the music. Ideally, yeah. the,
6: the audience is quieter, but if you're in, a, a sim, if you're playing a stage where there's a ton of bleed, and that's the problem with a lot of these festivals. Yeah. Is that the there's sound so much there. noise pollution that you yeah. can't, you can't You uh, have to be standing,
2: you have to be like right in front of experience. the band to be hearing.
6: Yeah, it, it's hard to have an intimate experience. And, and uh, there's just, there's, it's difficult.
3: <laughs> but now having seen it, you have to agree there's something extra pathetic when a dude is just talking <laughs> and all of that is going on. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It looks like I, I in, in situations like that, I've, I go outside of my body and I imagine what it looks like. And it's just this this guy on stage going, hey, uh, everybody, uh, won't you listen to me? Uh, won't somebody uh, just uh, stop for two seconds? It just listen to what I to say. I really need you to hear this stuff I thought of. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I had, we did, uh, there was a comedy, I don't know if they still have it, there was a comedy stage at Coachella like five years ago, maybe, and I, I did that, and it Sounds was perfect. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon, just like beaming hot sun.
6: Ugh. I'm playing the one o'clock set this weekend at Stagecoach, I'm really, the same setting, oh, and yeah. it's like, it's going to be so bad.
2: It's, yeah, and people do just come in to cool off, so they're just mm. kind of fanning themselves, and I think the weirdest one was... um uh, Furman and I and Howard Kramer and a couple of the people played the Download Festival in uh, in Northern California. It was like a the Download Festival is, you know it's in Britain and then they did a version of it here, and they didn't really there was a main stage and they didn't really know where to put the comedians so they put us like in the concession area. <laughs> there was a stage. And so it wasn't even like remotely a like it was just people just coming in to get drinks and and it it was kind of like what you said but then all of a sudden you start following them with your comedy you're like and then here's another crazy thing happening okay okay okay." you know like you're just trying to you're just you're just fucking aiming jokes like arrows and missing a lot just missing missing a lot I always I was always jealous of of music because of that because I felt like at least at least music can sort of draw people in you know, in a way.
1: Yeah. And even if it doesn't, you don't look like a, an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean? You probably play at home by yourself sometimes. None of us tell jokes to ourselves.
6: Seriously? Ooh,
1: I don't oh, know if so. I can... I'm doing I'm, it wrong. I might actually...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I was, feel like uh, that probably happens. I feel like our
2: Falkland Elts has probably had some hellish um, gigs where you show up and they're like, yeah, the comedy's over there and you're these, you know... <laughs> Fun. Yeah, or,
0: or I, even we once played a small room in a uh, the House of Blues when a night of actual blues was happening, <laughs> but uh, it was very loud. And you know, we have a ukulele and a tiny guitar. And but I, you know, with Hard and firm too, I, I'm guessing when you have music and and jokes are within the song, it's a little tricky when there's other music playing. Do you find that?
2: Yeah, because you well, well, our, our our kind of stuff did because you really have to pay attention to what we're saying right. to make this. Otherwise, it's just you know a guitar and a an a okay played melodica and then that's it. And that's not gonna make sense. So yeah, I mean, do you do you do you want people to be? you know, like hearing exactly what you're saying or are you happy if they're just sort of absorbing the vibe of the music? No,
6: ideally they're completely enraptured in everything that's happening on
2: stage. <laughs> <laughs> ideally, they
6: have, there's no way that they could be distracted and that we are holding them captive but, but there's certain things like we were touring uh, the last couple of years you, you know, you play all kinds of things. You play things that turn out to be just basically parties where you're background music and I think Ugh. I should have an I, like, it's, I found myself thinking and I still kinda think this is this is true, that I should have like an hour's worth of material of like Buddy Holly danceable like Buddy Holly That's is danceable idea. for me and then my instrument says this is dance dance music. <laughs> but like upbeat, like fun, recognizable songs yeah. for everybody. Like I should be able to entertain people of any it, we, in any environment for like an hour, that would be. I would be a real professional if I could. Yeah, but that pull we, out anything and just know, be like, "All right, this is what. Yeah, this is how but we, deal with it.
2: we have we have those conversations about comedy too. And Paul has always been a big proponent of like just do the stuff that you love and don't worry about trying to you know mm-hmm. make every you know like don't worry about. Yeah. You know,
3: well, I mean, making your goal like to entertain. Absolutely. Everybody is like it's a crazy goal. Right. It's just impossible. But, you know, it's the idea that that you should be able to win over any crowd no matter what. And with comedy, that's just not possible because sometimes people are going to be too drunk or they're going to be or because it's such a subjective thing. They're Mm -hmm. not going to be into you and you can't do covers. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're just stuck with your own dumb personality. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's like it's it's not. It's Here's
2: another not one a, from 1976: yeah. the <laughs> seven words that can't be said on television. <laughs> right? Wouldn't. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? We both said. Yeah. <laughs> but
3: but I, but with music, yes, it's a. But would you? Is that more a matter of survival, or do you really feel like it's incumbent upon you to be able to offer something for any situation?
6: It's both. I mean, it, it would make it more fun for me on stage if I could feel like I was entertaining people.
3: <laughs> True,
6: and it would make it more fun for the, like that's that's just kind of a win-win. I feel like,
5: yeah,
6: and uh, yeah, but but also, I mean, there is that that feeling like I, yeah, I should if I'm a professional, I should be able to handle this scenario rather than play more, you know, medium tempo songs. Boy, sometimes though,
2: <laughs> sometimes though, all you can do is just at a certain point, you just you just. Like you say, you just kind of shut your eyes and get through it. Yeah. And then know, like, well, yeah, you know, I did everything. I I find I'm only really – I only feel like I failed in a show – it's it's it has some to do with the audience, but also how did I handle it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and totally. did I fold like a novice performer, or did I just go, well, they're just weren't into this, and that's fine, and I can still have a fun show, mm-hmm. and I don't have to have applause breaks, and people can still have an okay time. You know, like how do you rate a successful show?
6: Yeah, it's it's similar. Like if you don't if you don't let it affect you too much, and you can actually have a little bit. Of- Feel a little bit of dignity with how you handled it at the end of the show.
0: It's it, it,
3: not asking so much, right? <laughs> just a little bit of dignity, a bit, just, just a, a little shred. Well, that makes me wonder, um, because for for a comedian, what we do, like the the how well I perform, is so tied up with how the audience responds. Mm-hmm. That's how I know that I did a good yeah. job. I mean, you you can walk away from a bad show and say I tried my best, but I didn't win these people over. But there could still be a night for a musician where maybe if the crowd is not that into it, can you still feel like I really, I was really good tonight. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's
6: still a little bit of satisfaction in be like, okay, we finally hit that part. Right. We finally, so,
3: the difference for comedians though, is that you walk away from it saying I'm still good in theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, but don't like you- the idea of me doing comedy is still sound. <laughs> when
6: you're forming, <laughs> when you're forming a joke though, or a, a, a plot or a story, whatever, like, and you feel like you're still figuring it out and you're still finding the points that you want to hit. Do you ever feel like I finally timed it right, and they did, they just they just didn't get it? I mean, obviously, you can always yes. blame the audience, but like, do you ever Absolutely. you can feel like that, right? Like, that well, you made progress in a certain way.
3: Not with a, not with a bad show. No. I have I've have felt it where I I I know that exact feeling of oh, it all fell into place tonight. This thing that I've been working on for a while, it finally all came out the way that I wanted it to come out. The perfect phrasing and you know all that. Yeah. But I don't know that I've ever had that happen at a show where people were not into what I was saying.
5: Interesting,
3: you know, because that that feeds you. It helps you. A, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because you have the, the you have the confidence of, oh, okay, they're with me.
6: Gives you the confidence you need to succeed.
3: <laughs> hey, that rhymes, Marge,
2: and you know yeah, it, it rhymes. It's like that's
6: a deodorant line or There's something. this
2: video, this DVD <laughs> I of.
6: Feel like uh, I think you're right. Like degree or something.
1: Oh, it might be degree. <laughs> I
6: think it might be.
1: Anti What's your video? No, there's a DVD Sorry. of uh, Steve Ray Vaughn playing at this jazz festival in Sweden, and uh, they're just expecting jazz, and he starts playing fucking crazy steve Ravon blues and they're booing him like, oh my god booing him and he just goes at it and by the end of the show half the audience is gone but the people who are there are standing up like and just enthralled with steve ray Vaughan. and that's the kind of thing i don't think you can beat people over the head with comedy unless you're bill burr
2: you can yeah bill can do that but how do, how do you guys feel about it
0: uh well i mean with with the song it's kind of the same like you know, if it's not going well, we're not going to stop the song halfway through. Yeah, you know, it's like we, we got to keep going no matter what. And so, I mean, there's almost even some sort of safety in that. Like, well, we played the song rather than, you know, like.
3: At it, least you know, time will be killed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I this wonder. will
3: advance us another three minutes into the future, and then eventually we'll be done. You ever
0: so choose <laughs> the long songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just get out of here. But listen, yeah, but like three songs would get. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, but with 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 jokes i mean do you you can stop
2: you can you can switch you can your... you can make hard left yeah, and right turns exactly. with stand-up but having the experience with hard and firm it's like their songs are basically sketches and you have to unless it's it's i don't think we've ever just stopped and been like all right let's all just agree that this didn't go well, <laughs> and we'll leave. um but I've you know totally we, done that. have you really yeah we've done that really what happened not
6: lately but yeah in nickel creek we would do it a couple times where it was just there's some song that we just we would we have a really hard time with, I think we did it with like Evelyn or something or or uh some song that was really challenging or we just we couldn't figure it out, and we went for it and then or like the tuning was just so bad and something else was wrong we're just like never mind we're just not gonna do this we we'll,
2: we'll to do that, something it's else. that moment in your brain where everyone's
6: gonna be a lot better off you're if like, we just maybe I can it save
2: it maybe I can save it and then nope. it just tips and you're like it's gone yeah. I've lost it
6: and when there's three of you on, like like Kate you can probably like, you're always kind of negotiating like are we going for this or are we not <laughs> Yeah. Now you're
5: kind of looking at each
0: other like if you stop I'm not gonna scream
5: <laughs>
0: we, we were nervous because uh, uh, Ricky and I uh, opened for you guys when was it a couple months ago for the Watkins family mm-hmm. hour was it yeah an, an, and uh, and we didn't know how your audience would handle our material. That's always a question. Um, but and so I was kind of like, oh gosh, I hope. But you know, it was one of those like we walked away. Well, they didn't. I think they were listening. You know, like like <laughs> they like, you, I They think they, were <laughs> <really>. they totally <laughs> loved you. I, it, it, it's it's hard because you you know it's a different crowd and not everybody appreciates. You know, um, well, the Watkins Family Hour
6: is 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 pretty clean. Yeah, and it started out that way, and now we just kind of feel like we should just continue. Well, it was so nice and of you so to our audience is not expecting
0: dick jokes, hand yeah. jobs. Yeah. yeah, we didn't do the hand job rap. We we tried to be as uh, as clean as possible. <laughs> but, it's possible. So there were there were a couple swear words, but nothing crazy. But um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that was fun. But I think with us too, like uh, we are pretty loose. Like uh, you know, a pick gets dropped, and you know. 10 seconds, we'll go by and we'll talk and then we'll pick up where we left off, you know, things like that.
2: Well, and and with comedy though, you also have the safety net of, because Furman and I had like 60% of our show, something went wrong. Technologically, (laughs) we're literally like something would happen a guitar would go out a mic would go out you know we would play along with the video screen i accidentally kicked the plug out of the projector once and we just had to start over which meant we had to go back to the beginning of the disc <laughs> oh, and no. just like fast forward through like well you guys are familiar with this part already and but but we have the safety net of being able to to like just play it off as well it's a comedy and we're fucking around yeah. do you do you use that at all or are you are you kind of are you, or, or
6: well, it depends on the, the setting. Like sometimes if it, seems like a, if it seems like the kind of show where or the kind of venue where people are um, kind of, they don't really care. They're, they're just there to have a good time and they trust you and they're along for the ride. Then you can do anything like that.
3: But you if, know what? I'm, go ahead.
6: I was just gonna, like, sometimes you play art centers where everyone's just sitting on their hands all night, and they just kind of want to sit there and be entertained. And
3: <gasps> I hate art people. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the big difference, uh, one, uh, a big difference, is that because um, I've seen musicians do that, where they will. You know, it's like an old song of theirs that they don't remember the words to anymore yeah. and they just, like, start and they're like, I can't remember. And they stop and everybody's like, nah, that's the greatest. Um, but <laughs> doesn't remember the, the thing you wrote. Yeah, with the, because the audience by and large is saying, well, I can't do what that person can do. So anything that this person does, anything this person says goes. But if you're watching comedy, everybody thinks they're <laughs> funny. <laughs> Everybody, there's a there's a good percentage of the crowd that might be thinking, I'm funnier than this, dude. People are the worst. I should get up there. <laughs> Don't say that.
2: I wonder... <laughs>
4: I'm sorry to all those people out there.
2: People listen to this.
5: I'm
4: sorry.
2: It sorry. When did you... I mean, because obviously, obviously, you know, there's a certain amount of, of charisma and personality when you see a band live. It's not just about being technically proficient. Yeah. So what, you know, obviously you started at a young age, so you were used to performing for people, but do you, you know, how do you feel you've grown as a, a performer and how, you know, how open are you on stage just as a personality?
6: Uh, it depends on the night. Sometimes I don't feel like having any kind of personality and we'll just play a lot of songs back to back to back as much as possible. and um, until there's some kind of stride that's hit and, 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 uh, and sometimes it's just really open the whole night and, there'll be a dialogue with the audience and and it just it depends it's it's fun to play a variety of different of, of venues where the audience brings something different every night where um they're coming to see us right now if we're playing our own show so that's that's nice like that's that's enough of a of a guarantee that they'll be paying a little bit of attention and then from there you're thinking like okay so are they are they here because they this is just what they do on once a month. Or are they here because they want to drink? And, or are they here because they just want to have a good time and they know my material? And that really dictates the, the feel of the show more than anything. Do you and play a lot
2: of venues where people are sitting down, or do you play venues yeah, where people are standing down? a lot
6: up? of sit-down venues. My favorites are the one where well will be standing on the bottom and maybe a, a balcony up top where people can sit down. Because you know, not everyone likes to stand all night. And, and, but it's fun to have the energy of people right up close. And to see them being excited rather than a big, empty, you know, six to 15 feet before the mm-hmm. chairs start. And it's just a, like a vacuum for energy. It just it's it, it sucks. But um, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. I'll say it later.
3: OK, <laughs> <laughs> I did a show once um, at, a, at a record store. Um, and it was like in the back room of a record store, or no, it was not the back room of a record, room of a record store. Oh, they- it was a, it was a show for four people.
2: <laughs> uh, everyone sat on the record stack. <laughs> That's right.
3: Um, it was, uh, they just did a show in this record store, and, and uh, there was no real stage. There was a mic, and there were no chairs or anything, so people were we were all at the same, the level. same level oh yeah yes. it was the weirdest I'd never experienced this before where <laughs> I'm just standing there and it was like I was I felt like Either I was rallying these people, people, people to go. We're gonna go kill a monster, <laughs> or these people are going to murder me. Like any moment now, they're just gonna like rush at me and tear me limb like from limb. You're from just limb. barely holding them off. Yeah, like hold on a second. Oh, you don't you don't understand? I didn't steal that. I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, why are you holding that microphone?
6: Gosh, I can't imagine doing comedy without a microphone. That would. That's just a total.
3: No, there was a microphone. You
6: had a mic. Okay. Yeah,
3: and that that was the only thing that, that was separating that prevented you? me from running away.
2: <laughs> He goes like Oh this makes it a show And not just a weird mob That I'm addressing mm. do, you, uh, do you have another Can you play something else Yes 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 What do you want to play
6: Well I want to I want to um, I, I know what song I want to end with Okay Should I do that one now Or should I do no, another no, no, one no. first Do another one first Okay uh, Let's do the we'll do, a fiddle, we'll do a fiddle tune This is the first song On the record Okay um, And uh, Yeah it's called uh, It's called The Foothills
5: Right mm Take
2: your word for it, Chris. <laughs> we couldn't hear the loop. Well, I have headphones on, Matt. Oh. Please don't trip and fall. Every time you run over there in those shoes, I'm like, she's going to spill.
6: It's not the shoes. It's just, it just, it's, it's sometimes it just happens no matter what with me, <laughs> no matter what shoes I'm wearing. Are you a klutzy gale? I'm a little, yeah. Yeah, I fall sometimes. <laughs> but then you pick huh?
2: yourself right back up.
6: I try.
3: And, and isn't that what your, life is? Both your eardrums are punctured, right? <laughs> so it affects your balance. <laughs>
4: That's right. That's right, Paul. Gabe,
2: had it, Gabe got his revenge. <laughs> a bowing accident. You actually, because you can go, That's I don't right. know if you guys ever saw the Three Stooges, you can go yeah. in one ear That's with right. a bow yeah. and then come directly go out right the other ear. That's mm-hmm. right. So thereby damaging both Ruth, eardrums too, yeah. simultaneously or the arrow through the head. Or the arrow through the head.
5: Just
3: thanks.
1: <to> the <laughs> Three Stooges movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Spoilers!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Spoiler, they're bad
2: plumbers. How? <laughs> they are. I don't know why they keep getting work. They. Uh, how are you? Are you pretty? Are you hard on yourself? Are you pretty hard on yourself? I don't think so. Oh, good. Well, you just said you were anxious, like you had some anxiety, and, and so I just. I well,
6: I, no, I don't think I'm hard on myself. Sometimes. Should you be? Probably. <laughs> I, I could be a lot harder on myself. You're right. I'm not hard enough on myself. Jeez. <laughs> uh no i mean it's sometimes um uh i i just the the more things that i do the the less anxious i get like the the more that i realize oh yeah i can i can do this i and i don't die and it's fine then (laughs) i get less anxious because
2: you you seemed you know when when we when we had lunch and you were like yeah i turned 30 like we sort of what we talked about earlier you really kind of embraced it was almost like you felt
6: "Mm." i loved it i loved turning 30 it was awesome like, great! I don't have to. I just. I don't know. It's just all this stuff from my twenties. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I feel like, yeah.
5: it's a
6: bygones.
2: Are you okay with getting older?
6: Yeah. So far, so good.
2: Oh, I'm gonna hate it.
6: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure I'm not gonna like it.
1: People you know, when people I can't who,
6: walk and everything. Yeah. But
3: people who look young always are fine with getting older. No, no. it's
6: not. It's, <laughs> I, no, I think I'm okay with with you know. I'm probably not gonna like it when I. When I look in the mirror and feel like I see a, you know, like a a turtle or something, but I feel (laughs) like...
2: Well, that's probably a sign that you've had a stroke.
6: Yeah, maybe. Maybe
1: that's—I don't know if that. Is which. that is that one of the signs of a stroke? If you, <laughs> if you smell mirror, toast and to see a, a turtle, turtle.
2: <laughs> quick, look in the mirror. What do you see there? <laughs> it's a turtle!
1: Oh my God, call!
2: <laughs> Go take it's an aspirin right now. Already. It's too late. <laughs> it's a giraffe. You're fine. <laughs> no, no, guys, it's okay. It's okay. I put a terrarium in the bathroom.
3: <laughs> Why would it's, you do that? It's not a stroke turtle.
2: <laughs> in the end, the stroke turtle comes for us all. <laughs> I think that was uh, turtle, turtle. a Kansas song, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That was a song. Played over Kansas. the
3: credits of uh, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs>
2: big themes. Big themes. I, uh, I was how, like,
6: how do you feel about like getting old?
2: I, I don't love it. I mean, I don't think any. I mean, I just, you know, it, it is. It it's is the a, most honest you've ever been on this podcast. That's not true. <laughs> you hate it. Way
6: to interrupt the moment.
2: Then. I don't. Well, I don't. Listen, it it, it's, it feels weird, you know? Like, it does feel weird because you have these ideas in your head about, you know, what it means to be, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old. We look at our parents and the generation before that. Everyone just looked old. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you kind of look at yourself in the mirror and you go, well, I'm that age where everyone looked old to me when I'm younger, but I don't see it, so I must just... Maybe they don't see it either. Like, maybe that's just part of it.
6: I think part of it is, for me, it's just... Like I've got a bunch of great friends and I've got a great. (laughs) 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 Somebody, somebody here watching feels like they're a friend of mine. apparently. And like, I've got a great family and I feel like I just don't have to, I don't feel obligated to question everything that I think anymore. So while I don't feel like I'm the most opinionated person in the world, I'm just a little bit more comfortable with with my thought process as my thoughts process and just feeling like oh i'm a person and here i go
2: and when you're making <laughs> it's when,
6: a lot more simple than it used to be
2: and when you made this album were you were you saying like well i really should probably do more of this kind of thing because i wanted to appeal to this or did you just literally say i'm going to do this these are exactly-? this was it
6: this was it yeah i didn't i didn't want to make it with anybody besides blake mills i i knew that like this is the right guy i didn't have anybody else in mind. And then I met him and I was like, this makes sense. Let's do this. And he was into it and he had it, the schedule. And so we just did it. And, and uh, it was a pretty easy process by and large. And, um, and uh, it was fast too, which was really nice. We made the whole thing in three or four weeks and, oh, wow, and um, just knocked it out. And that was just in January. So the whole process, it comes out. May eighth, and that that's a pretty quick turnaround for for records anyway. So and it's nice to keep the momentum going.
2: Can you, when you're recording, can do you have a producer's brain, or do you do you just kind of stand back, be the artist, and let him sort of?
6: It cha- it's it depends on the on the producer. This time there was a a lot of um, he was definitely a hands-on producer um, and he he played m- a lot of the instruments on the record, and so a lot of it was <laughs> me. M- Sitting back while he finished his idea and then weighing in my opinions, um, but letting him what a
1: showboat, letting so f- produce his record.
6: No, I mean like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> basically. Uh, no, but that that's just trying to figure out the balance of like how to how how to let the people that you're working with do their thing and not interfere with it too much because obviously we wanted to work together. I wanted to work with him, and so. There's a little bit the first couple weeks of figuring out how to uh, not dance around each other too much, how to be honest and just and just uh, get down to work and and uh, we fell into a rhythm pretty quickly and um, he works really fast and the engineer Sean Everett is amazing and uh, they're a great team
2: together. It's hard not to micromanage sometimes though, especially yeah. I mean, because ultimately it's your face on the album and it's your voice and it's your name and so you know how do you know when if he's kind of pushing you in one direction and that, and just in your gut, you're like, oh, I don't know. How, like, when, at what point do you just trust him and go, all right, fuck it, I guess he knows what he's talking sometimes,
6: about? Sometimes, sometimes, a lot, sometimes I would say, I'm really uncomfortable with this. But again, like, I, I came to, I wanted to collaborate. I didn't want everything to be comfortable with my brain or else I would have just made the record by myself, you know? And so a lot of it is letting things develop and until i decide like okay no this is this is actually really great and i never would have come up with it and i'm really glad it's there and other times i would feel like that i don't identify with this at all it's nothing that i care about let's go back to square one and we would do that
2: you you must have that i mean you 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 are a duo so you sort of have a 50 50 uh thing going
0: yeah yeah i think it's always surprising though how how on the same page we are we'll be like usually uh make it sound more 80s where's the richard marx piano things like that
2: (laughs) things of that nature (laughs)
0: yeah but yeah i mean you know there'll be times where we have to you know figure it out but uh well well, mike Furman produced a lot of our record and so you know there were three of us so usually we'd figure it out between the three of us if there was a question but it was pretty we pretty much kind of had an idea of what we wanted to do yeah
2: well yeah it just you know it's because people sort of, you know, people there's frequencies and people are sort of like sine waves, and a lot of mm-hmm. sometimes you're in phase and other times you're not. And I, you know, I'm, I'm always interested to find out how at what because you know there's a lot of stuff that when you know when we're making stuff, whatever it is, I don't know everything, so it's mm-hmm. you know so there's a little bit of leap of faith, like well yeah. that guy probably knows what he's talking about, but <laughs>
6: yeah, but I mean like the 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 nice thing about recording is you can go with an you can indulge somebody and. Then if, you know, you live with that for a couple of days and you still don't like it, then you can you can revisit it. It's it's Mm -hmm. you you're never in danger. Like the way we made the record, we were overdubbing a lot of things. So we weren't in danger of guessing wrong and then being stuck with it which is the worst that is that's like my ultimate fear of just like all right let's just try this and go with it and then you have to tour behind it for three years and you end up not identifying with it after the moment of recording it and that just sounds like such a rotten way to spend your time
2: oh oh. what if you could you ever i mean this is sort of like a luxury problem if you had just an accidental hit song that you hate that you didn't really like but you're like ah fuck it and then all of a sudden it becomes a hit song how do you deal like what's the what do you how do you deal with it
6: it's you know it's a nice problem to have you cry
2: into your money Chris
6: ultimately it's your fault for recording it
2: you can cry into your money for a little while but for the rest of your career people are always going to want you to play that song and and then the money doesn't make it better forever unless you're Bobby McFerrin
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole that whole song though is really advice in itself, ooh, that's true. That'd so sometimes me. he
1: could listen to it while he's singing. Yeah, it. Mm-hmm. I hate this song. Wait a <laughs> <to> minute,
2: <himself. laughs> listen to a
1: song. Then he had that hit fifth season of Cosby Show theme. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: I would imagine it's even if there's a, a song that you do like, that there could be there could be a time where you're like, man, I would love to never play this song again, but I have to because people expect me to play it. Well, that's what that's that, what
2: happens when famous musicians play, but then people are like, you didn't play any of the hits, and they were like, because I just couldn't stand to hear myself.
3: Yeah. But i I would imagine that the longer your career goes the more of a journey you go on with that material Uh, because you're you're just building uh more and more um you're adding more and more to your canon and it's got to be you have um there's peaks and valleys with any Mm -hmm. piece of music that um i'm sure there might be times for you that there might be a song that you know you've played for years that you might feel like i i can't I gotta step away from that one for a while yeah. I just can't
6: and ideally you have something you can, you can sub in or something yeah. but like John Hartford is a really he's a legendary folk and, and bluegrass musician he used to say like play one for them what, what was it like two two for them one for me mm-hmm. and, and seems
3: uh, fair
2: right, you <laughs> know. it's a short concert
6: <laughs> and uh,
2: <laughs> oh three songs Hartman <laughs> never played more than three songs <laughs>
6: But, I mean, like... You would
2: always be sure that one was for him, though. <laughs> yeah. Never did care for that last song. <laughs> it wasn't for you, Matt. This last song's entitled I Got Your Money.
6: <laughs> Ultimately, you don't have to play the songs you don't want to if you want to make people mad. Yeah. You just have to decide whether you'd rather make people mad and well, you satisfy yourselves. You, you're never going to please wanna... everybody because
3: yeah. it's like, you know, uh, there's always... I would see, you know, uh, message boards of of bands that I liked where people would talk about a concert that I had just seen and then people saying uh, he didn't play this song or she didn't play that song. And there's always and this is a concert that was like two hours long where so much material was covered from from every phase of this person's career. And it's still not enough because they didn't hear the one song they wanted to hear. And in a very proprietary way like I, this is absurd to me that this song was not played and why did I even bother going to that show you know <laughs> so you, you kind of you just you, you know it's back to that that same thing of like you're not you're not gonna get everybody at the same time
6: and that's one nice thing about not being a, a person who is expected to be successful on the radio like
3: mm-hmm.
6: generally people listen to a selection of songs on the record and there might be one that stands out to most people But uh, you're not you don't feel like you're risking your career if you just don't play it one night, you know, because by and large, they're probably listening to more than one song. And when you get played on the radio a lot, um, there was a time when Nickel Creek, we had a a couple songs played on country music television, CMT. And there was this one song when you come back down that uh, people would people would come in. Country music fans were coming for a while and they were very particular about wanting to hear that song. When they wanted to hear it, mm-hmm. and they were very vocal about it, and we started to to realize that that wasn't really for us, and and kind of um, stopped, stopped, eventually kind of peeled away from that market, and wow, and tried to. Uh, we realized we could move because our our no other fans who weren't country fans were getting mad, so they were like the cowboy hat people who were getting yelled at by our quiet fans who would who would be just shushing them and and getting mad at them, and they were they were kind of. So almost, almost fights breaking I out. I want one! I wow.
2: want! And I want it now! Well, I mean, word. like it's a radio the
6: thing. Heck, it's say. a radio thing.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so they're just they're just <laughs> calling I mean. out for the song they over, and, hear, over and over and over again.
6: They want to hear, yeah.
3: Uh, this is this gets to another thing is that I can't stand it and ruin seeing live music for me. Uh, uh, the, the constant calling out of songs. I, I would see Mike Doty at the El Rey, mm-hmm. and uh, I I I had never seen him live before. And people, as soon as the song is over, people are screaming requests mm-hmm. at this guy, and it's it was insane after every single song. And it's like, what? I don't understand what. what oh, you
2: because mean, he not, clearly you're not, you're not performing, and people aren't like
3: elegant balloons. <laughs> 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 well, but clearly it was not like. He wasn't up there going, I don't know, guys. What do you think? What what should happen now? <laughs> you know, like, he clearly, like, obviously, there's a set list and he's going to play the songs that he's going to play. Maybe he'll take a request, but like, just the idea that pe- uh, the uh, entire audience is going to scream suggestions. I,
2: because I think there's a certain element of when people go to a live show, they have no control over how the performance is when they're just listening to mm. their MP3 player or whatever. And, but. When they go to a show, there's a little bit of element of, ah, I'm going to be a puppeteer. Like, they want to control the experience a little bit. But don't bit. they
3: have more control when they're listening on an MP3 player? They can hear whatever song they want to hear, but they- and now they're having you're a different really experience. It's happening this. in real life. Oh, Paul, you're... Like, I once see Elvis Costello, and somebody yelled out, Allison. Do you really think he's not going to get to it? And even if he doesn't, great. He's got a million songs. Like, the first hit, like, I don't know. He kind of peaked at Allison, and then it was downhill after that. Uh, No, it was at the Kodak.
2: That is, that's pretty ridiculous
0: but I bet it happened at the wheel turn too you know what I mean Ricky and I were playing a show once and this started to happen I think we were deciding between two songs and people started screaming and then one guy louder than everybody just went play your set list (laughs) it was was kind of the best heckle ever and then we just did that's amazing amazing. I choose that request yeah
3: (laughs) Kate that person was
1: me
2: thanks Paul (laughs) thank you so much Paul's trying to even the score I'm going to every
1: concert no matter what it is he's really trying to make up for clapping early that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's my
3: punishment. Like Marley's ghost, I have to walk the earth, yelling, "Play your set
2: list."
6: <laughs> are you about,
2: Are you going to tour soon?
6: Uh, yes, I'm going on tour with Dawes, opening for Dawes. In June, and uh, and then opening for Jackson Brown, in July half July through... He
2: played on August. the album as well, right?
6: Yeah, he, well, he sang, yeah. Wow.
2: There was the... We um, put
6: him in a gang vocal. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear him poking out.
2: <laughs> you just brought him up a little bit. Yeah. Well, there was one um, after we did this show together at Largo, it was the Ed Helms bluegrass situation, mm-hmm. right? And then afterwards, the after show was in the little room at Largo, mm-hmm. and it was you and Sean, and then and then Ed playing banjo, and then friggin' Jackson Brown just jumps up on stage. Yeah. It was, It He's was m- like mind-blowing.
6: <laughs> He's pretty great. He's pretty great. His vocal- the tone of his voice is just so rich, and it's just better, better than ever, I feel like. And for the record, I should say, going back to the last point, I would be honored if anybody shouted out any requests at my shows. Because <laughs> I'm at the point where I'm like, you know a song!
2: Play that Nickel Creek song. Little cowpoke. (laughs) How come y'all don't look like kids anymore? I can just understand.
6: Just requesting. Look like kids.
2: Look like kids.
6: Put them braids in your hair. (laughs)
2: Look like kids. Come on. I paid my money, and this motherfucker doesn't have the decency to be 16 no more. What the shit? What like the shit? <laughs> well, uh, we're about at the end of the podcast. Um, the album is called Sun, Midnight Sun. It comes out May 8th. And you're going to be touring. Are you touring all over? Or where, where are you yeah, going? Well,
6: yeah, Just the all of those
2: places. Okay. Yeah,
6: over the states. Uh, there's uh, hopefully in the West Coast in the, the fall, but we'll be mostly in the uh, Midwest and East
2: Coast. SarahWatkins.com. No H. Hmm. Sarah watkins. Uh, at Sarah Watkins on Twitter. Nice one. Thank you. Still no H. Still no H. <laughs> you didn't want to pick up an H for Twitter. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it was probably <laughs> like a taken.
1: Free character? How could you know? Not even
2: Watkins. W H A T?
6: That would have been better.
2: <laughs> uh, that just confused people. Watkins. But uh, you offered to play a very special song at the end of the podcast. Yes, we did. Which uh, I am super, super, super excited about. I've never seen anyone cover this song live.
6: <laughs> we will do our best with our, our, our three instruments. Uh, this was this instrument. This song was um, a little bit more challenging to learn than we had imagined uh, when we when we first uh, signed on to this, and it was really fun to figure it out. Actually, we we have played it together a couple of times, uh, but mostly just separately. So here here we will we will go uh, now.
3: It's by Screwdriver.
5: Uh, okay.
2: Watkins, uh, thank you so much for being. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah Watkins. Um, please, uh, huge hand yes. from our tiny audience uh, tonight. Sarah Watkins, Sean Watkins, Taylor. What was Taylor's last name? Tyler Chester. Well, I'm gonna go with Taylor. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Tyler Taylor, uh, if that's all right with you. Soldier Chester. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Chester. Got to be quick. Got to be quick. Got to do it. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited Thanks about your album. Us. And I am always uh, pleased to see you doing well and making fun things. I'm a huge fan. So let me just uh, slobber all over your ego, if that's all right, for a second. Perfectly and fun. thank you so much for coming on. Uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone. Don't now no one say anything. Thank you. What? I don't. Was that for
1: that's how we Are we getting now. burritos? I say thank you. Yeah, yeah we're, we're getting all fucking getting crazy burritos. Burritos. burritos.
2: Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't know how to stop this now.
1: Well, thanks, Jonah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jonah didn't say a word this entire podcast. Uh, very well, babe. <laughs> the part of Jonah was played by Kate McCucci. <laughs> I had it was Paul. <laughs> <laughs> thank you too, Kate
5: McCucci. Oh yeah. Shout from the back.
4: Now leaving Nerdist.com.
5: Enjoy your burrito.
6: I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a
4: competition show.
2: They will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not million. $200,000. Prepare, because it's about to be ugly, crying. Lots of fighting.
1: Tasia, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites.
2: I have yeah. diarrhea. You cannot do this to
4: me. What in gay hell have I got myself into?
3: The GOAT. Stream free on Amazon Freeview or Prime Video.